Welcome into The Current Report, our weekly roundup of what's happening in the world of digital media and our first podcast of 2024. I'm your host, Chris Brooklier. And what better place to start in 2024 than with, you guessed it, cookie deprecation. That's right, folks. After several years of delays, Google has finally started to phase out the third-party cookie from its Chrome browser. Yeah, it's really happening this time. Now, to be sure, Google is doing this gradually, but it promises by the end of the year they'll all be gone. The big question is this, though. Will marketers be prepared for this impending signal loss? It's worth saying that, love them or hate them, cookies have become the main mechanism that enabled cross-site tracking on the web. So for many marketers, finding new strategies to reach audiences of potential consumers is urgent. So what should marketers do to prepare for this 2024 cookie apocalypse, if we can call it that? Well, joining me now to break it all down is Sarah Pauly, Director of Marketing Technology at Hearts and Science. Hey, Sarah, how's the New Year treating you? Hey, Chris, it's great. Thanks for having me. You know, Google has started to remove cookies 1% to begin with. Now that the plan is in action, you know, how big of a deal is this really? I think it's a big deal. It's I think it's it's coming. Um, I don't think we need to wait anymore. But frankly, we should probably have been waiting anyways. Apple pulled cookies from us back in 2018, 2019. And, you know, a lot of people use Safari iOS devices in the U.S. The market share the last we looked was above 40 percent. And with ITP now on Chrome on Apple devices, um, you could probably estimate about 50% of users are in a cookie-less world already today. You spoke with, with my colleague Damien for, for a really great story in the current. I love the headline of this one. It said, forget the Chrome deadline. The cookie-free future is already here. And you're, and you're sort of describing that a little bit earlier. Yeah. But it also seems like there's really no industry kind of consensus on what's going to happen next. So so from your perspective, how should marketers be preparing if they if they haven't already? Yeah. First, it's going to be about your data. So what data are you collecting? How are you collecting it? And how are you using that data? You've got to start there. If your first party data is the foundation of various solutions for the industry post cookies, you've got to start with okay, What are we collecting? How are we collecting it? And then what do we want to use it for? Because if you're not going to use it for advertising purposes, does it make sense for you as a business to collect it? Because then you're not putting yourself at risk, right? For privacy lawsuits and different things that could potentially happen based on the different state regulations. Mm. Mm, Yeah, I I love that you're sort of coming with some actual plans because I feel like, you know, you read these stories, you talk with people, and they're always like, you need to have an identity strategy, right? It's like, but it's sort of just a blanket statement and <laughs> past, past the buzzwords, right? You know, like, how do we think about this practically? Like, what does it look like in action rather than just, you know, some words? Yeah. Yeah. And not every brand is going to need a ton of data. And that's okay. Not everybody has any kind of commerce on their site. And that's okay. The rise of the retailer networks and that data that's available. I mean, that's going to be invaluable for CPGs and and brands and advertisers that just, you know, don't quite have that relationship. But it goes also back to that value exchange. What does the consumer get, right? Consumers are getting a lot more savvy, um, especially as new generations that are growing up on technology. They need some kind of value exchange, right? Whether it's a publisher or a brand website, why should I give you my email? 
Why, like, what do I get in exchange for my email? Not only is it having that identity strategy, but it's like, what is that relationship and how can I build trust with a consumer one-to-one so that they're more willing to give me that email to read an article or to get that coupon? And then kind of continually engaging with them and, and, and checking in, right? Just because I gave you an email to get 10% off because I want this sweater doesn't mean I'm going to come back and buy anything else uh, anytime soon. And so I think the fidelity of data kind of shortens. And so it's it's giving that value exchange, but having a consistent communication with them as well. Mm, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, we're all consumers here too, right? So, exactly. So yeah. I think we get it. You know, I, as I was... As I was reading the story that you were featured in, you know, I loved your analogy about how marketers have to use every tool in their, in their toolbox when it comes to the data strategy. So can you just sort of explain that to our audience? Yeah. So, you know, we've all relied on one thing, cookies, since like 1994 when, the, you know, the Internet came about. But that only helps us so far, right? So now we know that we have to use a plethora of different different options, whether it's contextual. Uh, first-party data, enriching your data, cohort data, third-party partners. I mean, there's just so many different different things. And so I just found it really easy to relate it to a toolbox. You could say that we're renovating our house right now. You know, we've knocked everything down and we got to start with the plumbing. And the plumbing is getting data from point A to point B. You need plumbing to flush a toilet, to use a sink. You need different tools to do that. You need a wrench, you need a hammer, you need the different types of screwdrivers. And so it's, you know, it's not just one thing anymore. It's all of them. And and what makes the most sense? What's the tactic? What are you trying to achieve? And then what is the right objective and solution to reach that? So it's, you know, it's not a plug and play for everybody. It's there's there's not an easy button as much as I wish that we could create one. Yeah, I think that really simplifies it, right? Because some of this stuff can be complicated and confusing. Yes, <laughs> even even for us that are like in the depths of it. Some days I'm like, can someone fact check me? <laughs> I think this is what, what what's happening, but... I just, I just need a, a fact checker <laughs> for myself. Yeah, I hear it. You know, so if you, if you say, hey, this is a toolbox, you know, you're using a, a, what was it, cookies are a wrench and you can't fix everything with a wrench. I was like, I feel it. I, I get it now. <laughs> uh, so, so I think that sort of dovetails with some of these identity solutions that we've seen pop up from LiveRamps Ramp ID to the Trade Desk's Unified ID 2.0 to ID5 ID. Do you see all of these as upgrades from cookies? Yeah. I mean, you. I mean, ideally, you know more about the, the consumer, right? Because you know more about that person. Um, hopefully, it's being tied to other attributes. And so, you know, they've got Sarah at Gmail, and they know that she likes to travel, and she likes to hike. And there's more attributes about me than just my cookie from my one session on Chrome, whether then I'm going to my iPhone using Safari. Um, and so ideally, we could know more about that person tied to the tether, tied to their email and then using that email um, to reach them and, and give them advertising that's more relevant to them. Yeah, I'll do and so in, a, in hopefully in a privacy conscious way. Yes. But then I think that that goes a little bit more into like the measurement. So how is measurement going to change 
or you know, how is it going to evolve if we don't have really full visibility into sort of user identity anymore? I think that's the number one challenge for the industry still is, you know, how are we as a as an industry going to prove out what we're what we're doing? There's lots of different solutions in the social world. It's conversion APIs, also known as CAPI. And as, so essentially it's through a, a pipe, you'll send your data, hash data from point A to point B. Um, we'll just use Meta because it's easy, but you'll send hashed emails into Meta. Meta will take those hashed emails that match to a, a Meta account, whether it's Instagram or Facebook, and do conversions that way. The good news is clients that have already implemented that, we've seen quite some lifts. While we can't prove or get reporting by browser, we feel pretty strongly that those that lift is also coming from people in Safari that we haven't seen in five, six years, uh, which is, you know, which is great, right? Your CPAs will look better um, and other kind of metrics can look better. Yeah, it's like there's there's not one solution to rule them all, right? There's not a no. silver bullet here. No, unfortunately not. <laughs> it would be simpler if there was, though. Or uh, some people may say, fortunately, since there's lots of different uh, new business uh, opportunities. So it's two sides of the same coin. So if you were going to give one piece of advice for marketers who are maybe still scratching their head about where to go from here, what would you say? Just jump in. Leap into the pool with your partners, with your agency, just leap into the deep end. The great news is unlike when Apple pulled the plug on those cookies, we have solutions. There's plenty of things out there. So you don't have to wait for, you know, the August deadline of Chrome to get rid of cookies fully. And yes, they just, you know, removed 1% globally so we can start to, you know, test things, but just take the leap. They're all going to use AI to try to fill in these gaps as much as possible. And AI is only good as the data that you feed into it. And so if you can start to feed these AI machine learning algorithms with your data, it gets smarter and it's going to help your campaigns in the long run. And I, I think you could probably have a step ahead of your competition if you just take the leap, start small. No one's saying you have to change everything. Just start small. All right, jump in. It does seem like AI is sort of a, a behemoth waiting in the wings. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, couldn't have a conversation we'll without saying AI, right? <laughs> <laughs> you hit the bingo card. <laughs> Next, to cap off this episode, we're launching our new segment, One Last Thing. And sticking with the topic of identity, here's a clip of Kevin McGurn the Vice President of Sales, Marketing, and Distribution at T-Mobile Ad Solutions. Here, Kevin's speaking with insider intelligence about where the U.S. stands in terms of data privacy and why there's a ton of room for growth. But most of all, you know, I think the United States has a little bit to catch up here. Um, there's been a great amount of adoption around the world because those markets are more disparate, fragmented, and harder to reach. And programmatic is the rule, not the exception in those markets. And I think here in the U.S., we're going to start to see that grow more and more. Um, because the agencies and the advertisers themselves need to have efficient ways to buy more inventory and to reach more audiences. And the programmatic landscape can deliver upon that, but it needs to be done in an efficient and effective way using data-informed targetability. And that's it for this edition of The Current Report. For a deeper dive on all these stories, plus more, check out thecurrent.com. And of course, please like and subscribe on YouTube, 
plus leave a review on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. And if you want to hear more from The Current, listen to The Current Podcast, where we interview some of marketing's biggest leaders about their keystone career moments and where the industry is going next. We'll see you next week.